For more than the past year, we've been telling kids that to be close to each other is dangerous, literally. And now it's time to start reintegrating back to school, sports, and activities, but it's not as smooth or seamless as we might think. There's a lot going on. On top of that, kids today are growing up in a world where cell phone use and screens is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, all the time. Face-to-face -face socialization has been on the decline for years. There's a lot for concern. And the primary way teenagers grow is through healthy peer relationships. They learn about themselves and how the world works. And what's most important in life is they journey together, shoulder to shoulder and face to face. But when a lot of kids are carrying heightened anxiety about being together, and fewer kids in general have any adept social skills, it's time for us to rethink how we support kids in building those relationships. So welcome to our limited podcast series on social reintegration where we interview educators and practitioners to discover best practices and common sense tools for anyone who has a kid in their life. Welcome to the U School. Well, Joe, thank you for being on the U School podcast. And I, I think we've met once in person, but I've seen you a lot. Um, so it's good to see your face again. And the, the whole context of this is is just that, that we're going to start seeing each other more and more in person. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I was, I was with a bunch of friends yesterday morning and I, there was a, there was a part where I actually went to the bathroom because I was feeling anxious about being around people so much. And so I'm like Mr. Social. And if I'm feeling that way, uh, imagine kids who are going back to school, who are going back to sports, going back to activities, maybe this summer, I know summer camps are kind of like getting full as fast as they're open. So we're all ready to get our kids back into, well, really out of the house and, and back into uh, relationships, back into social, the social fabric of their lives. But I, uh, the context of this podcast series is to just kind of step back and think about that and be a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more thoughtful about how we're setting our kids up and are we setting them up to do well? So with that as the context, would you just give us some more context about you, who you are, what you're doing? and um and maybe how that my uh, little opening there strikes you yeah i love it well first of all i would always put quotes around uh i'll see you soon right because it was never <laughs> yeah, really yeah. see you it's it was true. i'll see you on a zoom or a screen that's two by uh -huh. two inches yeah. uh, so i and i appreciate that sense that you have a uh an idea about who you are like you have identified your own anxiety and you can actually talk yeah. about it i think yeah. that's pretty cool in itself <laughs> like because oftentimes we don't even know our own selves and yeah. i think that's really critical uh, I got to know myself because I'm one of 10 kids. So that's probably <laughs> interesting in itself. So five boys, five girls, an amazing wow. mom. So family was a big deal for us. And uh, obviously, there's lots of energy in that space. In there, though, I'm also recognized that I'm an introvert. So mm. coming into a space where it's like small talk is really kind of scratchy for me. Yes. Yeah, and so when I have to now come out of this like ecosystem of just looking mm. at a screen and actually going to talk to people, mm. it's kind of clunky even on my end. So I can imagine yeah. how kids are when they're coming out, looking at a screen for probably almost 16 months yeah. uh, for some of them. And so, yeah, what I've been doing previously has been in public education for 25 years, uh, principal for 15 of those. Uh, most recently at Design 39 Campus and Power Unified. So amazing space of just innovation. And it always starts with looking at kids' strengths. So what's strong with them uh, versus what's wrong with them. Mm. And so how do we build on their strengths? And that's kind of what took me to Thrively, which is a strength-based learning experience platform. So kind of putting it all together to yeah. ultimately where we can connect the dots on thinking about kids and knowing themselves and being known. Mm. 
Well, I'm glad you brought that up. The idea of helping kids find their strengths and you and I both being more on the introvert side. I know growing up, the kids who felt strong were the ones who were really socially adept, extroverted, outgoing. I never really felt strong from a social standpoint. How do you help a kid who's maybe a little bit more on our side of the spectrum feel strong as they get back into the world where they're going to probably feel a lot like me. <laughs> I mean, socially anxious, not sure how to engage in chit chat or small talk. What is the strength in that? Yeah, I see it oftentimes when we can talk about things that are super personal to us. Like I could talk about my family for a long time, all kinds of funny right. stories, right? I yeah. think similarly for the kids too, but oftentimes mm -hmm. we just jump right into school and we say here, turn to page 45 in the textbook. And these kids are like, and then everybody who gets recognized are the kids who raise their hands because yeah. they're extroverted and the ones pull back and they're not part of that ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we were able to talk about the interests of kids first, mm. like, tell me what's interesting. Like, tell me mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. And then mm. let the conversation go long enough where it might just be a little bit uncomfortable because yeah. you've got to practice. Yeah. You know, communication is a practice, is a skill. Yeah. So yeah. how do you practice that muscle and then flex that? But mm. once you kind of dig into it and you actually basically ask this question, tell me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But tell me more. And then you actually mm. are genuinely interested <laughs> in the right. tell me yeah. more part of that. And then I think that's just it where you allow kids, as I shared, just to flex that muscle mm. and flex that skill. And then ultimately you'll discover within them a strength that mm. probably you wouldn't see from an extrovert. And yeah. so then how can that be leveraged and recognized in a, in a way that is recognizing those kids who are, you know, out there, which is awesome and put themselves out there, but put themselves out there because that's a strength of theirs. And that's what you typically recognize. As I've gotten more, I guess, confident in myself, confident in being more introverted, I've recognized that. And, and maybe the, the worst way to say it is as introverts, we have something to say that's actually thoughtful <laughs> because whatever we say typically has been thought about. It's, it's not off the cuff. It's something that I'm prepared to say and, and, and share. But I love what you're saying about give them some discomfort, intentional discomfort. Uh, if I'm a parent listening to this or watching this, if I'm an educator, what how do I prepare kids for that? Or especially for parents over the summer, knowing their kids are going to go back to school in the fall, at least that's what we think. Uh, what can I do over the summer maybe to give them that, 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 um, those reps, the repetitions to be uncomfortable, to start sharing? Yeah. What, what makes come to mind, what comes to mind with this is that I have two boys. They're eating a popsicle. They're probably three years old. What a parent uh -huh. typically do is take the wrapper off of the popsicle. Instead, let your kids struggle. Yeah. Like let them try to figure out how to get the wrapper off. So, so yeah. many things like tie your shoe. I don't know how to tie my shoe. Well, might we learn? <laughs> like there's so yeah. many things just on the daily that we just do for our kids and yeah. everything like, oh, you know, I did their laundry, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Like, and you wonder, like, and then you get frustrated because you're doing it for, well, you're also keeping your kid from learning and struggling yeah. through that. So uh, we are very, very offensive in the way that we um, hijack <laughs> kids' ability to, to work through and navigate ambiguity. Uh, we from the point of every kid gets a trophy yeah sports athletics um schools you know you did a participatory participatory kind of experience i'm like no stop doing that right. like let's figure it out where kids actually have to show grit perseverance yeah. work through challenge and actually feel achievement internally yeah and so that's what we're looking for is uh, as a parent allow your kid to struggle 
because mm. that's the space where they're going to learn and see that they have resiliency mm. inside themselves to actually accomplish really wicked tasks. And then they yeah. go like, whoa. And that's where they start to feel self-efficacy and feel great about themselves. Yeah. Um, it's not because you did it for them. There's that, that's like that hit of like dopamine that comes from because you watched your screen time or something. You talk well mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. It's like that sugar rush. No, no. Right. We need that like long-term energy that they huh. will be able to navigate really complex situations ultimately. That, that reminds me when I was first uh, an employee, I remember being in several kind of all-day staff meetings, strategic planning meetings, and I had a boss that was a mentor to me, and he would come up to me, I, I can remember a handful of times, come up to me during a break, during lunch, and just sit down right next to me, look at me and say, and he would tell me, I need you to say something the next time we're together. And because I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything. I was engaged, listening, but I wasn't participating. And I would just kind of panic over the next 15 minutes, 20 minutes waiting. And then I would work up so much energy to just kind of say, hey, can I, can I ask a question or can I share something? That was, I mean, such grace to me, though, that, that, that sort of expectation I have for you that I wanted to rise to the challenge, wanted to rise to the occasion, but it took extraordinary effort. He knew that, which is why he knew that I needed to be kind of coached up into that. And that's a lot about, I think, what you're talking about, allowing our kids to, as there's an author who wrote Conscious Parenting, she has this phrase, let your kids feel, fail, and fall. And those are the only three conditions to helping a kid actually grow. Feel, feel it, fail at it, and then fall again. And that's, I mean, it's so counterintuitive sometimes for us as parents to let our kids do that. So in social situations, if you can imagine that, maybe summer barbecues or hanging out with neighbors this summer. Maybe that it means turning to our more introverted, social anxious kids and say, they're going to ask you a question. I'm sure they're going to ask you, how are you doing? They're going to ask you about summer and they're going to ask you about their school. I need you to say something. (laughs) I need you to prepare something, get ready for that. And what kind of grace that could be for our kids as well. So true. And it sounds to me what you're talking about is being human. I was talking about, I was uh, engaging with a a group of teachers recently. And he said, Joe, I'm not going to say anything, but you call Mm. my name. I have lots to share. Mm. So sometimes it's as simple as that. Use the kid's Mm. name. Hey, Scott, tell me more what you think about this. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you have something in there. Like, I'm going to come back to you in in five minutes. And you have to come back. You better come back and ask him about it. Yeah. But that's the point, though. And typically what we do as parents is we ask the wrong questions. Hmm. Typically, we say to kids, our own kids, what'd you learn today when it yeah. comes to school? <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> Maybe flip it and say, what can you teach me today because mm. of your experience? So teach mm. me something. And I'm curious. Oh, yeah. now I have to think about that, what I can teach you. And it's typically things that they're probably okay at. Right. So that then gets them to engage in a yep. way that, uh, so we need to ask different questions than we typically hmm. have been as parents. I love that saying the kid's name. And so I'm imagining teachers, that's just good instructional practice, right? It's engaging kids, but there's something, there's something powerful about having your, your name spoken. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it, but we all know it, that feeling that we get when our name is said and we're looked at. And I love what you said too. I'm going to come back to you in five minutes. I mean, that's, 
there's these two bumpers kind of thinking of uh, bumper bowling <laughs> that we try to stay in of nurturing a kid and being really caring and supportive and understanding who they are and then challenging. And on both sides of that, it seems like not to uh, tip this back to Thrively. That's it seems like when kids thrive is when they have those two conditions that are present. Yeah. What I love, to, I love that yeah. you said that up. Yeah. It's back to the name idea. <clears throat> you're, you're known. He knows yeah. my name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know your name. I know a little bit more about right. you even too, because I've been listening. Like yeah. you've actually been listening about me. Oh, yeah. I trust that guy a little bit more now. Right. Yeah. So there's this idea there that when, mm-hmm. when a kid is known, like mm-hmm. literally feels belonging, mm-hmm. that's where the magic starts to happen because then I'm going to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable and I might yeah. not have the perfect answer. Yeah. Right. So we know a lot of kids have that perfectionist uh, tendency within them and it's only going to come out if they are hundred percent sure it's going to be accurate. So how do you create an ecosystem that allows kids not to be perfect, but to mm. be human? <clears throat> so then that's the point that we're trying mm. to create there is, and it just starts with being known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started this talking about kind of being self-aware. How, what can, what can we do to help kids? I think there's a lot of kids out there. I don't think I knew this when I was 12, 13, 15, 18. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to identify social anxiety is an issue. I was just felt like something's wrong with me. Why can't I just do this? Why can't I just be cooler? Why can't I just speak more? Um, what can we do as parents, educators to help our kids grow in that sort of self-awareness? It's a good question. I don't have the perfect answer. And I think that's part <laughs> of it is that when we get a group of people together and we ask these really good questions, so we have a group of parents, a group of teachers that say, hey, we have uh, students or we have our own kids and we're not quite sure how to do that. We as parents are filled with wonder and trying to figure it out mm. by coming to podcasts and listening to mm. other people talk and say like, well, there's more people like me. And so, you know, and then it allows kids to like, hey, I don't have those answers either. Mm. So just by being human with your own kids, like yeah. actually saying, you know, I don't, I don't know this. How might we go figure this out um, and help me understand like, how you feel anxious like what does that mean putting words to them and not your words but their words when Mm -hmm. you're in this situation and a parent comes up to you and talks to you what are you feeling inside like oh yeah super scratchy is the word i use but um, for them it might be a different word and so you're putting a a a value Mm -hmm. to it that yeah i get it that's okay and we're going to kind of Mm -hmm. do this together and link arms but i think for parents that they're modeling that they don't always know either yeah it's like in our conversation right now i don't know exactly but I can right. go figure it out and I'm going to go talk to other people and, mm-hmm. uh, and have a hunch about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Just being, uh, recognizing our own not knowing is okay. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks Joe. Last question. How can folks get in touch, whether it's with you or with Thrively, what does it look like to connect? Yeah. So, uh, you can visit us at thrively.com. It's thrive with L Y. So, uh, every learner, has a genius and they deserve to thrive. Mm. And so mm. that's what we're looking at with Thrively. So I'm at joe at thrively.com. It's always talking about what's the strengths of students and learners. And we also talk about adult learners too, right? And so how do we all look at ourselves and the strengths that we have and how do we bring those assets to any situation and be proud about those uh, resources that we have and amplify them. And that's really mm. what we're looking for at Thrively is that cognitive diversity. Uh, because that's what's going to make innovation happen is because when we're all coming together, uh, looking at things from a different angle. So yeah. thrively.com helps make that happen. And 
connected with great people and great content like eSchool. Awesome. Thank you, Joe. All right. Bye for now. There are a series of questions that are crucial for every young person to answer in order for them to be fully prepared to make the best decisions for their future, but they rarely get the chance to even think about these questions. One of the most common conversations we have with kids is about their future, and it's not actually helpful. We always ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And maybe it's an interesting question to us, but it's rarely helpful. Typically, it just creates anxiety and more confusion. And we like to finish that conversation with a nice little lecture. <laughs> but it doesn't give them clarity and confidence like we hope. So what's a better way to help them? That's what we want. Well, we put together a free mini course for students. It's called When You Get Older. And with just a few simple reflection exercises, we're going to guide them to consider who they want to be someday, not just what they want to do. It's a much, much more helpful starting point, And it's a conversation that can be started in the course and continue for years to come. It's really simple to get started and free. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Just click the link in the bio, share it with your kid, and we'll take it from there.